At about noon on August 10th, 1991, hotel staff at the Sheraton Hotel in Martinsburg, West Virginia, discovered American freelance journalist Danny Castellaro naked in the bathtub of room 517. His wrists had been slashed deeply. There were three or four wounds on his right wrist and seven or eight on his left. Blood was splattered on the bathroom wall and floor. The scene was so gruesome that one of the housekeepers fainted when she saw it. The death was ruled a suicide. But details began to emerge that may have signaled foul play. Danny was about to break a story about an international conspiracy he called the octopus. This week, join the theorists as they try to untangle the many arms of Danny Casolaro and the octopus conspiracy. Theorist theorizing case file 259. The the octopus he murders. The, the, there you go. The Danny Casalaro and the octopus syndicate. I don't know what we're gonna call it. We didn't Casalero. Danny Casalero. And the tentacle murders. And the tentacle murders. That's good. I don't, I don't know. That's Anyways, great. I'm Braden. I'm Zell. And I'm surprised we're not redoing that. <laughs> you, don't like the, you don't like the octopus? Uh, I, yeah, I would have been. You just had to pick one and go for oh, it. Oh, yeah. Well, I like, to, I like to pick a couple, right? It gets those hashtags flowing. Danny Castellaro and the octopus. Yeah. Pussy murders. And the octopus party. Listen, I've been telling everybody for a long fucking time now. Octopuses are dangerous. Yeah, and this is been, it's been uncovered. This is a this is a this is a cautionary tale. That's <laughs> what it is. Absolutely. You don't want to uncover too much about the octopi. You look too far into the tentacles. Yeah. Perhaps you slit your wrist in the You're bed. You're gonna drown. You can drown, yeah, in your own blood. In your own blood. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is of course murder month. Yeah. It's probably going to be like murder, murder three weeks, I think. Probably one more murder case. We'll, we'll see. Maybe it might only be yeah, murder. Yeah. Maybe you guys will have mustaches for those for that one. Mine's filling in. I, I can't, haven't man. shaved it in yet. I'm too, in. I'm too thick. We've already gone over this. I'm too Just thick fucking now. embrace it. You're not, buddy, listen, I hate to break to you. You're not fucking hiding anything. Yes, I am. Right? No, you think, you think you're sitting on a throne of lines? Ain't fooling nobody. You're a throne of, buddy, your throne of lies is not fooling anybody. I will, no, you've been hilarious lately. I, you're fat. You're fat. I, I will tell you this. <laughs> okay? I will tell you that this. Brain's back. You think, you think <laughs> this isn't hiding anything? And then if I shaved, you'd be like, ugh. ugh. Yeah. All right, come on. I mean, there's maybe what? Three chins? No, it's just one big chin. Ear to ear. <laughs> just... <laughs> It's all one. It's like one of those frogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's bulged. It's out. like that. Remember from <laughs> yeah. fucking what was like the guy, the Naboo, the like main one. Uh, the Gungan Naboo, yeah. the Gungan King, the Gungan King. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Gungan yeah. King. Yeah, that's what it kind of looks shake like. Shake it. <laughs> yeah, I got a little loose, like lower half of my skin too. So it gives. gives okay, we'll keep yeah. the beard. Just keep the beard. Someone yeah. clip that and then slow that down. <laughs> 
Um, but you know what? It'll it, what I'll do maybe for next week is I'll trim the beard, keep the mustache nice and thick. I'll do that much at least. So I can do that. I'll trim the eyebrows. <laughs> no eyebrows. <laughs> Full beard. Uh, we'll see. Well, I, don't I know, mean, so. give you a year, and that'll be the look. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, they're 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 falling out real quick. You should have shaved those. Yeah, just shave those off. Get rid of the eyebrows. I'm gonna have to. I think when the time comes for me, it's just I'll just pick them. I want to hang on to the little tufts and then get really mad at people when they say when they mention it. <laughs> the upper the upper half of your face. Honestly, just got, I'm like, not even comfortable slapped. having this conversation. <laughs> Upper half of your fucking head is just dissolving. Oh, fuck. What's happened? <laughs> this, yeah, it's just disintegrating. Yeah, it's like Thanos snap, buddy. It's going oh, on. Yeah, it's, it's um, whatever. Like I said, that's why you got to go to patreon.com and help us get at least, you know, we could, we can only afford some like dollar store wigs right now. We like, we're not even in the realm of like high quality toupees yet, but we want the. But you could get your eyebrows tattooed on. Oh. You Dude, get your hair tattooed. Yeah, so do, that's no the hair tattooed's not a good look. <laughs> Chicks do their eyebrows all the time; doesn't look bad. It just thickens them up. Tattooed head. Sure, if you've done it, it's not. Could a you look. imagine? Could you imagine? Hair, like next, hair is three D. Hair is three D. You know what? Okay, you know what procedure that I I might have to get because my my mom had to get it, so it's genetic. That si that saggy eyebrow, like this part right here. Oh, the droopy. Because eventually, mine are just gonna <laughs> be hanging like this. Whereas again, just. Winning the genetic lotto. Yeah, me, dude. It was like, <laughs> I didn't even have a nice. Well, hey, window. I'm no better. I didn't even have a nice. I'm window. fucking five foot seven and three quarters. Could you imagine if like next case file I came in with a, just a couple caterpillars <laughs> tattooed on? You know what yeah, I mean? Like, I just, love that. I want to see Eugene Levy's. Yeah, I would fucking love like, that. Big old thick ones. Yeah. Hey Zell, for if we if we ever did some sort of bet, would you ever dye your eyebrow like men just for men your eyebrows dark? <laughs> Just for men, yeah, eyebrows. just the eyebrows, nothing else. They would look so thick. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, on the stream you can't see it because it's blonde, but this is full. That goes right across. It's just one brow, one brow. Yeah, just a little less blonde on the outside. I mean, it'd have to be a serious bet. Like there'd have to be some major repercussions for everyone. Yeah. Mm, interesting. I don't know. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. And just to bleach his eyebrows. Hollywood Hulk Hogan his eyebrows, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the frosted tip. Let me tell you yeah. something, brother. Uh, that's good. Anyways, Anyways we'll we'll, do, we'll discuss uh, some more eyebrow treatments in after hours. Yeah, we'll 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 figure it out. Uh, anyways, uh, tonight's case file is uh, absolutely mind-boggling. Truly, another is. old murder mystery. Oh, I. I will say this, my eyebrows raised so high while reading this fucking, reading about this topic, I had a hairline again. <laughs> like, ton of this. Yeah, it's... Like, for real. It, it's, um, you know, one of our requirements is that if we're doing some sort of murder, it has to have some sort of kind of spooky alien conspiracy it tentacles it's got to have some it's got to have tentacles at least as tentacles well otherwise dan wouldn't even come yeah. on right right, right dan? dan all right yeah there you go thanks yeah. dan thanks for the approval uh <laughs> it's so it's this is just that and this is in the conspiracy realm just kind of similar <gasps> where last week was big pharma this is big big octopus man big octopus yeah, big, octopus big government um you know potentially sil silencing investigative journalists. Where do we start with this one? Investigatory. 
Well, this one, we're going to take it back to August 10th, 1991, when housekeeping staff at a Sheraton hotel in Martinsburg, West Virginia, my mama, mama take discovered, me home, take me home, but not the bathtub, my cut wrist. Uh, they discovered American freelance journalist Danny Casalaro. He was naked in a bathtub of the room 517. Mm. His wrists had been deeply slashed. Three or four wounds on his right wrist and another seven or eight on his left. Blood, obviously, from a wound like that, splattered around the bathroom wall and floor. And was so gruesome, the story goes, that the housekeeping staff actually fainted upon. Yeah. Dios mio! I mean, <laughs> okay. What? Jesus. What? Oh, nothing. Okay, well, we just keep going. What's the matter with no. that? No. No. Housekeeping. No. Yeah, no, no, no. That's, That's better. Line? Okay. That's can't fine. Be, can't, be a, can't be a multi-language person. Yeah. I was killing you. Wow. Wow, Andrew. Hey. <laughs> Is, don't you put that back on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> don't you put that evil on me, bud. That's all that you brain can wear say whatever it. he wants. Yeah, okay. I guess. The re repercussions. You remember Gary? From the yeah. bus? Back <laughs> in the don't day? Don't tempt me. I'll start <laughs> dropping M-words, this case file. No problem. Uh, when the paramedics arrived, they found an empty Milwaukee beer can, two white plastic trash bags, a single-edged razor blade, a half-empty wine bottle, and other than that, it was pretty much a regular old hotel room. Pretty clean and tidy. Nothing too out of the yeah. ordinary. Apparently, it was like meticulously clean. Almost too clean? Like he hadn't even really fucking stayed in it yet. Or it had just recently been cleaned. The sheets were still tucked ever so tight that you can't get them out. Little <laughs> chocolate on the pillow. You know, a little chocolate yeah, on a the little pillow. little indoor or something. Not a ton of jizz stains. Yeah. yeah. Not visible at least. Uh, yeah, none They've to the naked eye. Yeah. So uh, there was hotels there was are so nasty. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, dude, the that, worst part is, is like you know a week later, a week later, someone's like in this room. Like hmm. it smells a little weird in here. Weird. It smells weird. Why are my bed sheets crunchy? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, man, this yeah, bathtub's a, got a tinge to it. Next time you enter a hotel room, just sit there, sit on the bed. And look around and think of everything that could have happened in that room. I'll tell you, and there's you've never happened. you've never been to a hotel room where any hotel room you've ever been in your entire life has either everything that you're looking at in that room has been jizzed on or someone's died. There's those are two hundred percent certainties. Certainty puked on, shit on, jizzed on. Yeah, anywhere it. you look, anywhere disgusting. you look in that hotel room, filthy. You think Absolutely the filthy. Are safe? Think again. <laughs> think again. Curtains are the one thing they don't clean, actually. Yeah. They never and that's why this episode is brought to you by Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The hotel room is bad. How about someone's house? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a very clean and orderly hotel room. But there was a legal pad and pen on the desk. It seemed to be a single page removed and a message written on it. To those who I love the most, please forgive me for the worst possible thing I could have done. Most of all, I'm sorry to my son, I know deep down inside that God will let me in. So it's case closed. Suicide note. Suicide. Case closed. Cut and dry suicide, Boom. right? Got a half bottle of wine. You got a suicide note. Guy cuts his wrists in the bathtub. Got an old Millie, right? Right? You got to be pretty depressed to be drinking old Milwaukee. I'll drink, I drink old Let's Milwaukee all, 
all day. <sighs> Ooh, that makes sense though. That yeah. lines up. I have to. It's the cheapest beer I can get. No. <laughs> I drink one of these from Phillips. It's like, it's like almost expensive as a bottle of wine. Yeah, it's a strong though too. <laughs> no, that, that one's only a 5%. Oh, okay. Anyways, after the, the police showed up and noted there was an absence of a struggle, right? So we just said, I could argue that there was cops absence of any kind of detective work because they just walked in. They went, easy Sunday at the office, boys. Your classic hotel suicide. Walked in. Third this week. No sign of struggle. No sign of forced entry. Um, There was presence of alcohol. They seen the bottle of wine, the old Milwaukee can. And they said, oh, God damn. That's a straightforward suicide. No big deal. The police went and interviewed other members or other people that were staying in the hotel at the time and revealed that no one had really seen or heard anything suspicious. Uh, they contacted authorities in Fairfax, Virginia, who said they would not, they would notify Castellero's family. So he dies. They come. It's ruled a suicide. Seems like. Not, hey, boy, I'm surprised this is even a case fall. It's sounding pretty straightforward to me, right? Yeah. yeah. So later on that Saturday, Castellero's body was then transferred to the funeral home where it was embalmed without an autopsy or his family's consent. What? It also, which is extremely interesting about this, that is actually illegal in the state of Virginia. I imagine it's illegal in most places to just take a body without consent from the family and just start well, it's, working it's, on it. And remove all the organs and drain the blood. And It's kind of one of those things where it's, I guess it would kind of fall under like, you know, whatever the last wishes of the person was. Like if, if he wanted to be open casket or if he wanted to be cremated, right? It's like you were like taking someone's Basically, last last choice away. <laughs> okay, open ca- a casket, but definitely not burying him in a short yeah, sleeve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long sleeves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dios mio. <laughs> Look at that one. Well, it's weird that they did it without the family's consent because they obviously told the family right away that they found their family member deceased at that time. They would right? call them right away. Absolutely. Right? Notify, notify next to kin. It's standard procedure, which they did. 48 hours after the body had already been embalmed. And and like, let's just be clear. Like I kind of thought was like, well, maybe they had a hard time identifying him. They didn't. He, they had his wallet. No, his wallet was in the hotel. His ID. They like, they, they knew who it was for whatever reason. Uh, They're like, ah, this one just slipped through the cracks. (laughs) Like, Hey, did you call call the family? I was like, I thought you were calling the family chief. Like, Oh, Johnson, you call the family. Yeah. I can call the family. You call the family? I will say as someone who's made that phone call, not something you want to do. I, 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 it's I, hard. I, I wouldn't, I've never had to make it. I, I would imagine it's a very difficult thing to do. But it's your I job. Mean, it has to be it's done. Job, but yeah. I, I just yeah, give it a You can't duck it. Just quick. Yes. Hello, Miss Casalero. Your husband is dead. Goodbye, bye. Yeah. <laughs> Hang the phone up. Yeah. On the bright side, the hotel room is extremely yeah. clean. Um, Unfortunately, he was drinking old Milwaukee and bottled wine. But uh, yeah. Yeah. he's uh, no. <laughs> just getting graphic detail, <laughs> right? Jeez. So Dan, Dan, calm after. down. We're not going to get into graphic detail. All right, let's calm down. It's fine. It's all good. Yes, we are. We are. So yeah, two days after he was found dead and embalmed, they notify his brother. First, his brother uh, Tony. He's like, 
no, no one told me that my brother was dead. He, he was like, his account is like at the hospital. He like gets a call. He's like, from his mom. His mom's like, hey. He's like, what's going on? He's like, Tony's dead. He's like, why? When? What happened? She's like, he died two days ago. He's like, wait, what? This is unbelievable. Yeah, like just called me. And he's, he's blown away. Like he's at work. And he's a doctor. Dr. Tony. Yeah, so his brother's a doctor and so is his father. Oh, you know he was the black sheep, eh? It's a a family pedigree here, and he's out here chasing stories. He's an investigatory journalist. He's like also moonlighted as a treasure hunter. I don't know if you guys saw that, but (laughs) what treasure was he hunting? He literally quit college to go search for fucking buried treasure in like South America. That's pretty badass, though. Yeah, I would say he lived a way more fun life. Yeah. Wait, well, you know, like his dad, until like at Christmas and stuff, he goes. Saturdays. So he's like, Danny or Daniel, how's uh, your stories? How's your uh, your stories? You're right. He's like, Dad, I'm a journalist. I write papers. And he's like, Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, <laughs> going good, good. Those paying the bills. You gotta always get your so, PhD. Yeah. <laughs> you you can always go back, even if you're forty. No uh-huh. big deal. Uh, so yeah, his brother Tony learns about his death and how he like commit his deemed suicide by cutting like he cut himself, he's cut his wrists, and he, his brother was not convinced that his brother would have done that. He says didn't really have a history of depression as far as they knew, uh, so he demanded a he demanded an autopsy well, get, as he should. <laughs> well, he had good reason yeah. to though. Like with his the last conversation he had with his brother. That right there would be like, no, 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 listen, this is something's well, happening. Well, even, as, something foul even aside on. from that last conversation that we're going to touch on, he knew his brother and his brother was, one thing, super fucking squeamish with like needles and blood. So at the second they're like, he slashed his wrist. He's like, <laughs> my brother wouldn't have done that. He, like, he he couldn't have. He's so like terrified of the sight of blood and like but, needles. There's, I just cannot fathom that he would do this to himself. He's pretty much saying if, if is, he killed himself, it, he, he thinks if, if it was, if his brother did kill himself, he's like, he would have done it a different way in his mind. Like, there's no way he's going to cut himself that gruesomely. Oh, absolutely. Like I, you know what? Not to say that we don't know the mindset mind, you know, the mind goes to a lot of dark places when somebody's contemplating suicide. Sure. Right. We, so we don't know what kind of mind frame he was in but the fact that before he left he spoke with his brother and he had told his brother that ha- that he had frequent harassing phone calls late at night that some some of them were were threatening his life and that if something were to happen to him while he was in Martinsburg it would not be an accident what oh, <laughs> right it's like <laughs> Okay, so not even mentioning the fact this guy's fucking terrified at the sight of blood, super squeamish. Both his parent, his his dad and his brother are doctors. They've said like we've tried to run, to, you know, we've tried to do blood work. We've tried to have him in, refuses to get Hates needles, it. forgets to get blood work done. Guy like wants to faint at the sight of blood, right? And he's also getting these frightening phone calls and being like, "Hey, listen, I might die if something happens to me. It's it's like intentional. This is not an accident." So, and that's not where the fucking weirdness stops, boys. We're just getting fucking stared at. No, I mean because we've we've just we've presented this as a it's a, it's a seems like a regular case at face value without knowing any of the details. Guy's in a hotel room, cuts his wrists or whatever. But no, 
it gets crazier. <clears throat> so at the funeral. This so is my favorite part, this- by the way. This is my favorite part. And just so you know, if either of you two die before me, this will be happening at your funeral. Just so you know. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, I will hire so. people. <laughs> just to fuck with, fuck with the and family. And then I will start the room. I'll be like, who is that? Right? So at his funeral, friends and family, acquaintances, I don't know where a highly decorated military officer, like in full, in full, like pulls up in a dress uniform, in a black sedan, and everything, in a black sedan, pulls up first. I thought I thought it was a limousine, is what I read. Well, I heard like Like a a, stretch black sedan. There was a couple different, but yeah, town and country, or like a a stretch, or like a a luxury, a luxury ride. It was fucking classy, classy ride. He shows up. He's got. He's got the full garb on. He's got the medals. He he looks the part, and no one, none of the family knew who he was. No, he's got a bodyguard with him too. Yeah, he showed up just near the end of the service, kind of like seemed to stand there for a bit, and then they left. And everyone's like, "Who the fuck was that guy?" Well, before okay, so before he left though, as the bo- as the the casket was going getting lowered into the ground, he walked up to the casket and placed a medal on the casket and left. Because that's, isn't in the military, isn't that, don't they like hammer something into the casket if you're a military service member? Like if you die in- I think that and law enforcement. Law enforcement. So, it, but, so that's what kind of seems, seems we, like he, he's doing something to com, like commemorate his service or something. Which is bizarre though, because the family, everybody says like, there's no, Dan, Danny was not involved in the military at whatsoever. Yeah. He would, he never had any- served he didn't there's no duty nothing well and also he like the military guy was tailed by like you know this very official looking guy wearing like uh you know an executive line like a, if you don't know what that is that's a beltless trench coat uh ooh. with his uh aviators right like just looking very government official just kind of like tailing oh, this guy what do you think he had under that this fucking general, trench coat right place. it's packing yeah. heat he he must okay. have bought he, that so, for jack clompus 100 percent. had right? to had to he fucking right, he got yeah. that shipped up from Del Boca Vista without a doubt. Yep, no moths. <laughs> so after the funeral, his brother gets his wish, and they do they redo an autopsy, even though they say, "Well, it's going to be a problem because everything's been removed, and yeah. it's going to be a little more difficult." Yeah, like he's already been embalmed. What do you want? Like you want te- you want a sample of his his fucking the embalming fluid? Like what the fuck? Do yeah, you they're want? like, hey, but they're like, hey, we don't usually do this for. Uh, you know, people who committed suicide, like this is a suicide, you know, right? Yeah, like, suicide, you don't want to do this. It's suicide. Yeah. It costs a lot of money. What, what the fuck you waste my time? Yeah. He's embalmed. What do you want from me, huh? <laughs> but so before we get into that, like, so I have some details on the autopsy. Before we get into that, I want to bring up too. So we've had the fact that he told his brother, hey, if anything happens to me, you know, it, it's something, you know, it's deliberate. Somebody's had an attempt on my life. We've got him stating that he's had these threatening phone calls. Well, his housekeeper also corroborates the threatening phone calls. Okay. He's been getting them for a couple months leading up to him leaving to Martinsburg. The day he leaves at 9 a.m., the housekeeper answers the phone. And on the end, other end, he's got a guy, which I'm just going to guess the voice since we're doing racial stereotypes here. I will cut his body and Whoa. feed him to the fish. Huh? Whoa. That sounds super. I'm a, I'm a lot of Arab. <laughs> it's true. But... Right, so he 
the, on the other line, he tells him, he's like, I'll cut his body. It's not even an accent. Actually, Andrew's actual, actual accent is Canadian. This is, my, this yeah, is an yeah, accent. The Canadian version is right? accent. Yeah. It's all, it's all a ploy. All right. So he has somebody, she answers. Somebody says, I will cut his body and feed him to the sharks. And then less than an hour after that, she picks up the phone again. And somebody just says, drop dead. Yeah. Okay. The third yeah. phone call comes you in. You don't know me, and it's but just I music. know you and I know where you live. <laughs> From Rusty Shackelford. That not necessarily happened, but the third time she answered the phone, there was just music playing with heavy breathing. And then there was a fourth and fifth call that were just dead. This okay. is all in the same night or this is over multiple nights? This is this is the same day that he left for Martinsburg. Fuck. Dude, how sh- okay. how crazy were landlines? You know what I mean? Like people oh, just could look up your number and then just torment you. Like how many times have you guys been tormented ever? Never. That's never happened to me. I get, tor- listen, I get so many fucking tormented fucking sales calls every day. It's insane. Boys, listen though. If I'm getting somebody telling me they're going to cut me and feed me the fish, and then I'm just getting like, okay, you know what? I'll deal with that one. I've been, I've heard worse over the phone, but the breathing. That, honestly, then, that would then, really silence. Me. That's way we're. I've, it's time to move. Yeah. It's time to move. Change your fucking phone. Time to move. Because it's like, but, dude. So we have. It just. It. It's such a weird time the nineties, because like you could just go to a phone book. And if you know someone's last name, you knew their address and their telephone number <laughs> at any point. You just be like, yeah. yeah, this is where they live. And this is how I can call and breathe into the phone. Like what well, a time to be a stalker you paid for a private number, right? What no, a time, no one, yeah, what a time to be a stalker. Listen, boys. And hey, listen, fuck it. Star 69. Oh shit. Oh, yeah. But yeah. what if you star 67 before you call before they star 69? Yeah. You remember when those motherfuckers used to three way call? Oh you? yeah. I used to get set up all the time. You'd be talking to a girl on the phone and then be like, oh, well, she's on the other line. You're like, oh, motherfucker. That, that never happened. Anyways. I had any girls talking. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. So we got the housekeeper that's corroborating these phone calls. We've already talked about the fact that the family's like, listen, Danny, super squeamish, faints inside of blood, wouldn't, didn't even let us do blood work on him, wanted nothing to do with it. There's no way that he slashed his wrists. Okay. We had a girlfriend that lived with him for seven years. Said, Danny is basically Tobias Funke. He's a never nude. There's no <laughs> way he would kill himself and be caught fucking you know, nude. It's I was, I was kind of thinking that too, because I was like, you know what? If I was going to do the deed, I'd probably, I'm probably not getting naked. No. Listen, okay, listen. As a as a guy who's I'm not a big fan of baths, all right? Never been a big fa- fan of baths. There's one major reason why listen, there's one major reason why I'm not a fan of baths. Okay, all right? Explain this to me. You're sitting in that bath and your shame just floats at the top of the water <laughs> and stares you in the fucking yeah, eyes. Yeah, all yeah, right? That's not it's how true. you want to go, boys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's just floating there. You can't even okay? add bubbles. Because you and no. dude, it's it's worse. It's, yeah. There's nothing worse than like the illusion of bubbles, so you can't see any other part of your body other than the little uh, piece of calamari floating. Um, just, oh no. Like for okay. That right there, this is no way. This is a suicide. <laughs> Absolutely no not. Chance. Absolutely it's, not. Uh, yeah. What dude. if you're hung though? What if you're hung? Then you don't care. Give a shit. You got like a fucking anaconda yeah, floating around. The, the background. only way you're you're it's na- that's an accidental autoerotic asphyxiation. That's the only way. That's <laughs> yeah. That's true. I just don't like. Listen, oh. if you're hung, you're hey. Listen, let's be honest. If you're hung, you're not killing yourself either. So. It is what yeah. it is. Life's, 
life's no fine. way. Yeah. Everything's fine. All your problems are solved. Maybe that was the final okay. straw. You so just, we, <laughs> and you're just like, you know what? We've already cast a little bit of like reasons why we're starting to doubt the fact that this is a suicide. All right, now let's get into the fucking aut- autopsy that his family had to de- fucking demand. Okay, his family had to demand. And the fact that he was already embalmed, huge os- obstacle, right? Pose a, pose a problem. Well, because they embalmed, like the, the, the fact that he's embalmed basically wrecks, like there's no blood left and it wrecks the fucking tissues. But what do they put? Do they put like formaldehyde in your body or how do they? Oh, all that they shit. Like just stuff you full of preservatives, right? Yeah, it's fucking great. The pickle, you know. Oh. Okay. Luckily, prior to the embalming, there was a blood sample taken from his heart. They took urine sample from him, and they also got a sample from the um, the, the vitreous fluid, which if you know the vitreous fluid, the uh, gel-like fluid around your eye. Oh, okay. So they had three samples going So they did a that. couple scoops. They weren't completely... Clueless. They did a little bit. Still, still grossly neg- negligent, but at least they got a few samples. And the autopsy showed that he had a blood alcohol level of 0.04. So one low. old Milwaukee. Okay. One old Millie, like nothing, yeah. like below the legal limit here, let's be honest, yeah. right? But it gets interesting because he had trace amounts of Vicodin and an antidepressant in his system. Danny had a current prescription for Vicodin from an oral surgery that he had a few years ago. No record of an antidepressant. Zero. He had no prescriptions, Mm. no diagnosis of depression, anything like that. Okay. And it gets a little bit weirder because there was no fucking bottle found on scene. There was no prescription bottle, nothing, zero trace of where this antidepressant came from. And then was there a bottle also of the Vicodin? Yes. There was a Vicodin bottle. Yeah. Trace amount. So how fast does Vicodin or how long does it stay in your system? Here's the problem. This is just a small sample of blood from the heart. So it had to be what, like, it would be minimal to, compared to what was actually in his system if they actually got a proper blood sample right, from Right, right, right. Additionally, he had a bruise on his arm and a bruise on his head, head, which was never accounted for, right? The police stated that there was no signs of any struggle. And he additionally was missing the tips off of three of his fingers, fingernails. We're talking like the nails so, broken off at the top. Broken mm-hmm. off of singer, which sounds awfully like a fucking struggle. Well, and one of the things I read is that is indicted, like that is lots of times they see that as a defensive wound. Like you're fighting someone or clawing Absolutely. at someone uh, and that'll happen. Zell, actually, before the show, if you want to share it again, you made a, a kind of an interesting point. Yeah, the claw. That was a good point claw. too. That wasn't the point I was going to. Can you do the reenactment again, too? <laughs> Me? Yeah. Yeah, it was you. No. Yeah, that's terrifying. terrifying. But so it, nobody's gonna be able to do so anything. This is a strong home. We were talking about just before the case file of okay, well, why only three? Like if you were to grab someone and like really try and like pull your way or grab the carpet or grab the counter to try and like pull yourself away and you broke those tips off. Why just three? Why not four? Like why or like but he had his, what, one side had severed tendons. The cuts were so deep mm-hmm. that actually, had, so, and even if you, the tendons weren't severed, having that deep of, like, just deep cuts on your wrist, I think would affect just nerves and just the way you would use your hands in general. Listen, not even, ner- let's, let, let's not even talk about nerves. Let's just talk about fucking pain. 
excruciating. Pain. Okay, there's no Vicodin on the enough Vicodin on the planet that would leave you conscious to be able to literally slash your arm. Like, here's the thing, right? So, as somebody who's been to exact situations as this, I've never seen. Like, we're not going to show it. If you're curious and you want to look it up, go for it because the pictures are unfortunately available. They're, They're horrifying. This man massacred his arms from his wrist to it's his quite, elbow. It's quite, arms, it's quite okay? unbelievable when you see it. And and like I've I've done, I can't even count how many of these that I've been to. I've never ever seen lacerations this deep and this hard in a suicide. The only time I've ever seen anything close to this was somebody who's literally high on PCP or meth and like mutilating themselves. This like he massacred his arms, and you're going to tell me that he's he he went and did three slices on one side and still had the strength to do eight on the and other. He used like a razor blade. Like one of those little inch and a half blades, which right? would be so, so hard to grab to keep, that. Oh, so yeah. hard to keep a grip. To, it's not like you, he had like a. Not large, to mention, he's wet. He's in the bathtub. Yeah, it's not. It's not like he had like a. There's blood everywhere. He didn't do it with a razor sharp knife where you could like manip, like use leverage to do it. He had, would have had to do it with force. Like he would have had an. Ang- yeah, he would have had a really. So this man, this man who's squeamish with blood massacres each of his arms in a pool of water, which then would turn the water into blood, which he's terrified of. And that's the way he chooses to die. And then what, and to get back to my point of he, so he, he loses three fingertips. If there was a struggle, because it does say he has a bruise on his arm and his head. So either someone grabbed him and threw him down or whatever. If he, if he was fighting back and he had his wrist cuts and in the last ditch effort to protect himself, Maybe his hand, his tendons are cut. So maybe his, he's not reaching with like a strength, like a strong fist or strong grasp. Maybe only has to, he wouldn't, it just seems the pain, pain would be, would be unimaginable. And see, the other thing that popped into my head too, is that Zell, what you said is like, say you kind of mentioned earlier that like, if it was a defense Rooney, you know, clawed someone, maybe someone cut those tips off. Right. And then I was thinking, cause I was like, well, why would, why would they only cut if he scratched and they were worried about DNA, trace DNA under the fingernails, which I, to be honest, I'm not well-versed if they were testing for that at this point in time in the 90s, if that was a thing. But if they were... Oh, this is 1990. Absolutely. absolutely. Okay, so then maybe, maybe yeah. I'm just saying hypothetically, this is where my mind's going. Maybe someone there started to cut those nails and someone went, what the fuck are you doing? Stop. Like, don't, don't cut any more nails. It's going to be too obvious. Just leave it. Right? We can scrape underneath them or something, yeah. right? Like, it's... Why are you giving this guy a fucking manicure? And Let's the, go. But, but the reason, the reason why I think about that, like that, uh, that aspect of like maybe someone making that kind of slip up, trying to clean things up, we'll kind of touch on in a little bit with some other things that may be out of place in the room. So, so maybe, maybe, maybe his fingertips were removed is what you're saying. Maybe part of partially. DNA. Yeah. Yeah. So despite, despite the second autopsy and all the abnormalities that have come forth, they still go with the initial diagnosis of suicide, right? They say that he died between 7 and 8 a.m. on August the 10th. So about five to six hours before he was found. One super interesting thing, though, that they did find out during that op- autopsy is it was also concluded that Danny was in the early stages of MS. Really? Yeah. Which MS one's like which, a neurological Yeah, disease, which one's right? that one again? Multiple sclerosis. Is that where you get the curve back? 
<laughs> that's scoliosis. That's scoliosis. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, close. It's a, so MS is a disease. It's like a... It's a, it's a problem. With, like your immune system basically turns on itself. Uh, like your immune system starts attacking healthy functioning organs. Oh, okay. It's a, it's a disabling disease of the brain and spinal cord. Multiple sclerosis. Yeah, you get like brain lesions and it's not awful. It's, it's people survive it often, but it's a, can be a very debilitating disease. It, um, another, like, another really weird thing, go a little bit off topic is the fact, like, can, Canada's MS rates are fucking high. Yeah, isn't, isn't that a weird stat? That is a weird stat. Yeah. Do we drink more uh, aspartame drinks than anyone else? Hey, listen, I just, I, Huberman Lab, listen to it, it's great. He, they basically, him, two scientists, him and, um, Andrew Huberman and uh, Lane Norton basically disproved the fact that artificial sweeteners really have any no. negative effect. Good. No one really, good. Because no I, really I crushed why. Coke Zero like none other. <laughs> yeah, the, that uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, aspartame studies was only done in mice. Yeah, and fucking I'm mice. Sure. I, I don't, hey, listen, don't listen. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about. Well, why I'm, I'm just. I'm curious of why Canada would have a higher rate than America, who has an even worse diet than us. Yeah. And I, if it's some type, of, some type of autoimmune disease, I would imagine some type of diet or something in our food, maybe. It's probably the cold. Just arch. Oh, so I was wrong. It doesn't attack your, it, your organs. It uh, attacks a protective sheath, your myelin, that covers the nerve fibers and causes communication problems between your brain and the rest of your body. Ooh. My bad. A&P was a long time ago. It's okay. We'll forgive you. I guess so, more of so that, he had, but still. So our boy had early signs of MS. Yeah, and I bet. And so we had this just hypothetical, but I'm imagining that we we can we have the ability to treat. I don't know if it's, it's I, I don't think it's curable. We have the but, but, it's not. We have the way of like delaying onset our, of symptoms. Our treatability of it is probably better now than it was then. It is but probably not. By it, much. It's still relatively like it's it's not. But here's the th okay. So we, if we want to get into that, I was going to get into this a little bit later. But you're going to go ahead and tell me that if this guy like we're, we're talking early signs of MS, yeah, like he didn't know. So I did he know? I, I I'm assuming he did know. His dad and his fucking brother are doctors. You think if he had any noticeable symptoms, yeah, he would have told them. His brother and his dad why, would know. Why they would have been like, hey man, this is no, not or normal. If he knew, why wouldn't he tell them? You know, he would have had access to like probably within a phone call, some of the best help in the world. So now that we have this second autopsy, they're still ruling it as suicide. They have no other evidence to overturn their initial... So you're right, Zell. They don't have any other evidence, but let's go through a little bit of controversy surrounding the fucking initial investigation because, first of all, they didn't seal off the room as a crime scene. Ever! At all? Ever. Ever. Not once. Not once. Okay. So Not absolutely once. None wild. of the bath water. They never once. They pulled out the tape and he goes, this is a brand new roll. I can't find the end. And they went, ah, no, forget we about it. The, say, listen, budget yeah. cuts. Keep the tape. Okay. Uh, none of the bath water was saved as they evidence. They didn't even, they didn't right? strain they didn't even, the bath water. They didn't strain, they didn't strain it. it. No, listen, could you imagine how much money you could have got of that on social media? Dead guy bath yeah. water? Shit would have been flying off the fucking shelf. The reason anyway. you strain the bathwater, for those who don't know, in these kind of incidents is, is because you the water is obviously filled with blood. You can't see. So you strain it so that you make sure nothing, no evidence goes down the drain. So if there's anything else solid, there, yeah. you know, it's big. It's it's actually pretty commonplace that that practice. Absolutely. That's and pretty it was then, it's pretty normal practice. 
and they just didn't do it. Then, so they just pulled the plug in the, dra- in the yeah, bathtub. Just, and yeah, drain the water. They, they did find a second fingerprint underneath an ashtray in the room. And then the kicker of all kickers, because I know Braden's chomping, champing, sorry, champing at the bit to touch on this, is the fact that within a day or two after the scene, I'm pretty sure it was the Sunday, they called a professional it's cleaning the next crew. Day. The next day. So a Sunday. So on a Sunday, working on God's day, they called a professional cleaning room to come clean well, this room. In, so in fairness to the hotel, they probably had a reservation for Sunday night, right? Like business don't sleep, right? Well, no, absolutely. Right? It's, 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 it's a business. They got to load the rooms up. It's not the first person. I guarantee you he's not the first guy to no. die in the hotel. No, well, and they probably and the cops probably told him like, "Oh, this is an open shut case. Uh, go for it, like clean it up." Absolutely, it's it's the, it, this falls on the police, not yes. on the hotel. So but they, let's talk. Let's talk about the professional the professional cleaning company called Les Scrub. Les Scrub. Oh, Les Scrub. Great name. Wow. Mm. Why do they have an accent? Let's let's talk about Braden. Braden, let's. Why don't you take lead on this? I know you want to talk about. Well, it so what, bad. I, actually, what I really wanted to talk about is that the fact of they did have a professional cleaning come in the next day, but one of the things noted by some of the first police officers and the maids that were in there first was two sets. Like you know how you get the towels, right? You get towels, you get a couple of towels, not towels. Extra towels, right? request you get, extra towels. You get a couple of towels, a couple face towels, a couple, uh, you know, square yeah. towels. Yeah. Butt towel. Yeah. You, need a butt you know, because that toilet paper's hard. Button goose right? towel. After yep. a while, you, yeah, you're yeah, there you for any amount of time, right? You, you need a yeah. wet towel. Uh, yeah, yeah. If, <laughs> but need a butt they towel. noticed that there was two of the of the hand, like the hand or face towels, like the medium towels, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't dry your yeah, body yeah. with. Two of those medium ones were on the ground and they had looked like they had been used to try to start cleaning up the blood on the floor, right? Like they had been wiped through the blood. There was kind of blood streaks and then they were just kind of tossed in the corner like dirty laundry. And that was noticed by Why the would, That's waitress. not suspicious at all. So if you're going to kill yourself, why would you even bother mopping up any of the blood? How, how would you even be, how would you even why? be able to? Here's my thought. This is my thought process on that because there were so many wounds. Usually when there is somebody who, when they do uh, slit their wrists, there is usually a few hesitation slices, right? You don't really get to do, you don't do the entire job and maybe did a couple slices, changed his mind, maybe tried to, clean him up potentially, and then went back to the bathtub, chased him I find that highly unlikely, but that's the only way in my brain that that- Unless there was someone else there. Well, secondly, is like- Oh, and they got just, blood that on just, them, That kind right? of just paints a different picture because when you say like, oh, he did all this in the bathtub, well, then it goes to the point of like, well, no, there was actually quite a bit of blood on the wall and the bathroom floor, which means he would have started the cuts while standing outside of the bathtub, and well, it depends. It, it depends if he hit, like if he hit an artery. Yeah. There's going to be an art, arterial spray, yeah. right? And he he must have because he if he got to the tendon yeah, on a yeah, few of those cuts, then he got, he went, well, and he did it the right. He, he went like He did it the right way yeah. as well. So which what? Uh, don't do. Don't, what what don't was do it, with Les, what, nope. Did you have another interesting fact about Lascrub? I. I I mean, the the two towels to me were pretty fucking damning yeah. right there. Like that's that's super bizarre. The fact that the cleaning company felt like they were told everything's good, so they tossed these towels yeah. away. They disposed. Yeah, they cleaned of them. everything. Fucking evidence, Gonzo, right? And the, just the fact, like it's 
crazy to me that this place was professionally cleaned and they didn't even do a secondary, first of all, they didn't do the autopsy and they didn't do a secondary uh, investigation of the scene until after it was fucking cleaned. Well, and, and everything's gone. Like, what, what are you going to... Carpets are shampooed, walls are scrubbed. Yeah, bleached, exactly. Like, everything. deep cleaned. You know what I mean? There's going to be nothing left in there. Do you want to know something that they did find, though? Yes. I want to know. You know something, a little song, something they did find? I want to know. You, you want, want to know? know? So, we're going to get into the fact that Danny was rumored to have a certain set of documents with him, mm. which were not found with him. We're going to touch on that. But... They did end up finding something. They did find a scrap piece of paper rolled up and tucked into one of Danny's shoes. Mm. All right? The little piece of paper that was tucked into his shoe contained an outline for a chapter of the book that he was writing titled, Behold the Pale Horse. There's another book called that. That's not this. There's a popular one written in the, this, in the 90s. This, is not book, this was his own book. Horse, yeah. Exactly. This is not that one. This is his own conspiracy book. So this was supposed, supposedly the final chapter of his book, which read, chapter on 1980, terrorist underground, Afghanistan, Middle East, Iran, John Philip Nichols, after arrival, Indian Reservation, Fred Alvarez, Paul Mascara, Philip Arthur Denson, Fresno, Hercules, Bill Kilpatrick, The Big Tex, Ricano, San Francisco, Finish up chapter with Paul M. and Fred A. All right? So uh, we're going to... people. Exactly. And right away, we'll talk just, just on two guys. He says, finish up the chapter on Paul M. and Fred A. Well, Fred, Fred A. is Fred Alvarez, who was the vice chairman of the Cabazon Tribal Council. All right? Well, he was that prior to his death, which was execution style murder. Fuck. Okay, Paul Mascara was appointed to run that same tribe's casino and died six months after Alvarez. Murdered. Murder. Oh. That's what they did find. Well, goddamn. That just sets it up. Before we get into any further, I, I gotta use the facilities and I need a, another drink. A quick refill and grab a beer. Don't have a bath. Don't have a bath. Yeah. We're going to be right back. We're back! <clears throat> so one of the things we kind of briefly touched on in this hotel room was that there was some sort of notes or something that weren't found there. Well, one of the other things, and we, me and Zell know this firsthand. This guy was an investigative journalist, and he carried with him... Investigatory. Journalist. He carried with him all his notes from this story he was working on, this huge story. And if he's anything like As George Knapp, if he's anything like George Knapp, papers on papers, baby, me and Zell witnessed- His life work is in his briefcase. Yeah, me and Zell witnessed George Knapp going through like a thousand loose leaf papers, you know, just tossing them around shuffling, in the middle shuffling, of public. Shuffling, like, shuffling, shuffling. Trying to make loose connections and shit. And it sounds like Danny was kind of the same. <clears throat> Oddly enough, Every, all accounts, by all accounts, he had all his research with him on this trip. And he'd been working on this story for over a year. His, his maid actually witnessed him pack it all with him before he left for murder. Now, none, not a single, other than what was found in this shoe and the suicide note, not a single shred Zero. of research was found. 
Zilch. Gone. Yeah. And we, Nada. Yeah, and we've been talking about, I mean, yeah, he was an investigatory journalist. We've been saying that he's had these papers. We haven't really said- What was he investigating? Really what he's investigating. What's he investigating? In short, he was trying to expose, in his, in his mind, a sea of covert operative super- surveillance software and transnational spies linking them all together to form something that he referred to as the octopus. Right? So he had spent about a year. Yeah, that's what I did. Spent about a year. He's starting the case. And the case started when he met a man named William Hamilton who owned a software company called Inslaw. And according to Hamilton... Uh, his company developed a piece of software called Promise, or which stands for Prosecutors Management Information System, and it would gather and organize paperwork from law enforcement and the court system, uh, make it easier to search and whatnot. Blah blah blah. It was at the time like a, revolutionary. You got to remember, this is a time where court systems and buddy, this is fucking. This is basically having those three fucking psychics and minor, Minority Report pooping out pool balls to tell you what's going <laughs> Who's on. Murdering who? Murder. Yeah. So he uh. met this guy, William Hamilton, and Hamilton was a former employee at the Justice Department, and he claimed that the government stole this program and was using it without his permission. Who he he was the creator. Well was what it, he was what he said. I that's not quite it. I think more what the allegations are that the government began to use it. They signed a three-year term with him. They loved it. The government's like, hey, we love this. This is good. We're going to widespread across, you know, across the United States. We're going to use it. And then in the second, in the second year of this three-year term, the government just stopped paying their bills. The United States government just stopped paying INSLAW. Right? So they right? stole it. They stole it. And so INSLAW they began stealing it. You know? being the United States federal government, that's their, that's their big money, that's their ticket, have to file bankruptcy, right? Because they're ruined because the United States government is just not paying the bills. And in this time... And this is literally, this is literally a mom and pop fucking yeah. software company. Like there's two people that own this. It's like grassroots. It's so super easy for them to go fucking in bankrupt. This, in the, like as they're going bankrupt because the United States government is just being like, yeah, we're using the software and we're not paying you. They find out that the Canadian government is also using Inslaw, yet the Canadian government didn't buy it, didn't lease it, didn't buy it it's from it. it. And they're using their proprietary software. But you know what? Here's the thing. Napster's a bitch, man. 90s, right? That's where they got the Canadian government. Napster. This is well before, this is well before Napster. Because, uh, you know what I mean? They're downloading well, stuff. Dude, you're 10... LimeWire, yeah, FrostWire. You're 10 years, but... Buddy, preview play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah nine seconds. Uh, yeah, yeah, Canadian government just Napstered that shit. They're 10 years before yeah. file transfer. Yeah. There's no way. And not only... So, that he did have a case, though, because it spent years in litigation from 88 until about like 1990. And then it was actually ruled, the judge ruled in favor of Insla saying they had a case. But in 91, the decision was overturned through appeal. And you know why it was overturned? Why? It was overturned It was overturned due to a technicality. The court of appeals ruled that the case should have been tried in federal district court and not bankruptcy court. So they overturned it. That was the reason. And then it went, 
it went to federal district court where the guy was like, eh, no, nah, you guys got nothing. Fuck off. Right? So that's what, that's what started Casaleros. They bankrupted these they bankrupt poor fucking these, people. This, they invented this revolutionary product, the software, and they bankrupted them. Stole now, it. It gets even worse because um, the Hamiltons then were approached by like some government officials who were like, listen, like, we're the United States is using this software, but we're also covertly we're selling this software to other countries, and we're using the money that we recoup from selling it to fund black op operations. That's what they told the Hamiltons. So the Hamiltons are like, "What?" So now, when you start to look at this, and you're like, they get the big court run around, and as soon as they hit the federal court, where a, a lesser court was like, "You have a case. You 100 percent have a case." This is, you know, kind of interesting. And then it it does the big loop around, gets to the federal court, and they're like, nah, nothing. You got nothing here. It's like, well, the people you're trying to look at are the same people like in bed with the people making these court decisions. Crazy. And it gets even crazier because then later on, after this whole initial fiasco, Castellaro met Hamilton again. He discussed the possibility of writing a story about Inslaw, the Promise software, and the government's involvement. Like this, about just trying to expose this whole, all these shenanigans. Just this shitty, just this shady, basically the government being a, a shady, yeah, being the government. stealing from them, bankrupting them, then taking. Oh, never, we never heard the government yeah, do no, that before. Never. That doesn't make sense. That's so. Stealing their proprietary software, then selling it to other countries to fund black op operations. Like, man, who this? That sounds like a juicy story in itself. And then, but no, it gets crazier. And at that meeting, Hamilton gave him a 12-page memo written by a man named, someone's going to help, help me with this last name, Michael Riconoscuto. Uh, yeah, it's called Riconoscuto. Outlining the allegations. Like prosciutto, but shudo. Outlining the allegations of the case. Riconciuto claimed that the government had put some type of like backdoor into this promised software which would allow them to access the computer of anyone who was using it. Like a spy software. Well, and and so spying on spying on the people that sold it uh, sold it to, like the Canadians, well, other governments, other organizations. And if you think about what this like think about like the implications of this. Because this is supposed to revolutionize like the justice system, like law enforcement databases. And now you're selling this to countries to revolutionize theirs. And you have a backdoor to all of that information. Anyone Absolutely everything. So like me as a private citizen, if I had a charge, you know, that was pending that I wasn't found guilty on, right? It was just going through the court systems or something. Now the United States government would know. They could flag me for whatever it was in any other kind of case. For whatever reason, they would know. They would have the, it, it, the intelligence. They would have just such a broad spectrum of you know data. It, it's unbelievable. And then it gets even crazier. The day before Casalero died, he met a man named William Turner, who was a former defense contractor. And Turner gave him documents proving corruption that Danny could tie to his case of the octopus. But before Danny could finish the article, finish the story about the octopus, this seemingly global spanning tentacle monster of surveillance and government conspiracy, 
He was found dead in a hotel room. Okay. Fucking crazy. We got to kick it back to Rick and Shudo, though. Rick and Shudo, Rick and yeah. Shudo, whatever. If you, if you remember my little blurb from The Pale Horse, there was a little, there was a one word. Uh, where is it? Let me find it. Ricano. Ricano. Mm. Okay. Mentioned that in his book. Now, doing a little dig, a little little digging on Rickenshudo. Rickenshudo actually filed an affidavit before the House Judici- Judici- Judiciary. 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 Does that Judiciary. Right? Judiciary. 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 You got to really marble up Judiciary. your mouth to say it. <laughs> Judiciary. <laughs> sure. Good no, that's how he said. Judiciary Committee. The House Judiciary. <laughs> fucking hell. The House Judiciary Committee. Yeah, judiciary. It's a hard it, word, it though. Photography is a pretty it easy word. Okay, so the House Judiciary Committee about his allegations that the government had put those back doors in the software, allowing them to spy on foreign governments that they sold the, the government to, right? So he brings that up before the House. He had also claimed that these modifications made the software, um, these modifications of the software was made at a lab located on a Native American reservation in California because the reservation was was, uh, sovereign territory. So the government would have no regulation or or sovereignty in there. Mm. Now, you know, like we want to maybe like hinder a guess as to, you know, what tribe presided on that land. Hmm. Maybe the one that uh, Fred Alvarez was the tribal council chief of. That was murdered? Mm. Yeah. Mm. That was murdered, execution style. In addition, he claimed that the reservation had been used by a private security company in order to develop chemical and bio-warfare weapons. Oh, shit. All right, so he's making these giant claims. So obviously, the government, everybody's got to take him seriously. He's smoking gun. You know, everybody's like, oh, this is fucking crazy, right? Well, unfortunately, within eight days of his declaration, Rick and Shooter was arrested for conspiracy to manufacture and distribute and possession to distribute or with intent to distribute of methamphetamine and got sentenced to 25 years in jail. God damn. You want to know something else pretty fucking weird about this? I was was licking this guy up because I like to do a lot of, like I do a lot of reading on the Reddit boards. Uh, he's also one of the biggest candidates to be uh, Q. Really? Didn't they? Didn't they find yeah, out who which is Q kind was of interesting. Apparently, it, at some point, they thought it might be him. Interesting. Well, th- and this is interesting too because I mean, <laughs> you know, we talked about it last week. You know, it seems like whenever there's uh, an 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 issue, an issue person, the easiest way to get them to silence them. Um, you know, to yeah, drugs, drugs or kidney porn instantly, right? It's like the two sick, you put you two options you, or, kill you, them, yeah, or you just, just straight up murder. There's three <laughs> suicide, but suicide them. Th- here's the thing. It's uh, if, y- if they're saying something though, usually it's, I will say this when we've seen people who like, like Ricono Shudo, Rick and Shudo, who, are saying who come forward and say these things, you know, it's if you if that person is murdered, then it just gives so much 
Because nothing they're saying, everything they're saying is allegations. So if if they're, all of a sudden they end up mysteriously murdered, you go, God damn, he was obviously murdered because of what he was saying. That's that's what he was saying was fact. That has to be why he's dead. All of a sudden, if like honestly, like I hate to say, because some people, some people, some people charge should be charged terrible. But it's like you put government puts kitty porn on your computer. They're like, hey, we're arresting you for kitty porn. Everyone goes, that guy's fucking crazy. I don't want nothing to do with this person. He's fucking well, absolutely. Fuck, that guy's a loser. piece of shit. Instant. Because instant. instant like that and like the the drug so easy to get, just boom get a prosecution right and then it's like oh this guy's a fucking drug dealer he's a drug addict right like what yeah. who's this and guy even if you're not convicted in the end in the court of public opinion you're, you're guilty. guilty forever yeah this guy was definitely yeah. convicted and spent at least 20 yeah. years buying bars I'm yeah. saying if you were if, <laughs> if it happened to you even if you weren't convicted you you had a good defense and you're like I'm innocent doesn't matter. And we are not just just, just, to, yeah. just to get the record straight. Uh, no, no, we're no, not saying not that saying if you were convicted, if you wanted to plant the government's after on somebody, you, we're, we're saying that uh, we're saying that that's if, a, a government yeah. tool, fact that they've tool. used yeah. in the past. Uh, hashtag look it up in other cases, like the Shermans. They were plotting against the Shermans in the last week's case file to do just one of these two things. They're like, we can't kill them yet. But we, you know, yeah. maybe the, we'll hit, <laughs> nail them with the kitty porn or we'll nail them with the drugs. They did. And then it became easier to kill them. Yeah, because they were like, they had the the family, right? They had enough avenues. But... Was that it about the octopus, Zell? Well, we can go through some more on the on the prosciutto blur- blurbs, you know, about what, what was found out through yeah. then. So the octopus theory also was sent around the October surprise theory, which involved the Iran hostage crisis, where several U.S. citizens and diplomats were held uh, held hostage by a group of like what was it, militarized students, and they yeah, college students to the Muslim yeah. student followers of the Imams line in Tehran. And it goes that Iran deliberately held back the American hostages in order to help Ronald Reagan win the 1980 election over Jimmy Carter. That, that's that's legit though. Like yeah, now, no. that that's pretty yeah. much fact. And part other parts of the technical theory was uh, involved in the collapse of the Bank of Credit and Commerce International, which collapsed in July of 1991. Date coincidence? He was onto it, supposedly, because because what that was it went bankrupt in '91. The whole fucking bank. Man, I'll tell you, like, just on a brief side note, if we want to get into some absolutely insane, like, government conspiracy on background, some of these crypto exchanges that have been going belly up in the last, that have huge, like, Democratic and Republican donation ties, that have just been, like, loan, huge Ponzi schemes slash, like, money laundering schemes that are just being absolutely exposed right now. Uh, started with FTX. It's looking like crypto.com uh, might be next. <laughs> just like wild shit. You know, but the same thing, right? To, it's like trying nothing, to make money real quick. Exact same kind of shit that's going on in the, you know, with the uh, Commerce International in 91. Same thing. We're, we're kind of, history is kind of, not repeating itself, but it rhymes. Well, yeah, they're on, they're under, what was it? Like money laundering. Claims, uh, dude. I'm telling you, that is what is happening. Just a, in a brief, brief synopsis of what's happening right now in the crypto world. Synopsis. synopsis. 
the FTX, huge, huge crypto exchange run by this fucking nerd and his six orgy friend nerds with absolutely yeah, they're all yeah, banging no each other. I read that. It's weird. They had like every kind. Of, they were just paying like they were paying the de- Democratic pub pub uh, party blah, blah, blah. an insane amount of donations. The republic, the de- Democratic Party was giving money to Ukraine. Ukraine was just basically giving money back to FTX, investing in them. It was just this big fucking money laundering loop, and. At the end of the day, and they were orgy. they were lying about their holdings. They had a bank run. Everyone was trying to pull their money out. Their crash to zero. They Turns were- out they didn't have any of the assets they talked about. They had like six hundred million dollars left in assets. All of a sudden, as all this is coming to light, like the next day, they're like, "We were hacked. Everything's gone." Meanwhile, the founders like left the country. You can't hear from him. You don't know where he is. Like, obviously he's the one that hacked the remaining $600 million. Dude, they were sponsoring the world series. They had all their like company shit on all the world series. Like it's mind boggling. All these like A-list celebrities that were endorsing it are like, ah, Hey, you know what? When, uh, when there's a get rich quick scheme, people jump on board. That's what happens. Yeah. Larry David didn't. Um, he didn't buy in. Uh, what else? What, it was also that his uh, the tentacles ran deep into what the Iran Contra affair, which was another political scandal inv- involving the Reagan administration supplying weapons to what was the is- Islamic. How do you pronounce that? Khomeini. 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 Government of the Islam Republic of Iran, which went on for the Ayatollah. S- just just say Ayatollah because he was the yeah, Ayatollah. Gotcha. Went on for six years from eighty one to eighty six. But like honestly, that's. If you've listened to this podcast and you and you have listened to any CIA, done any research into the CIA and stuff, the United States government has been funding rebels and, and shit in countries to overthrow governments forever. Listen. This is new. Hey, we're yeah. just getting started. You guys want to get into yeah, these tentacles? Yeah, let's get it. You want to dive yeah, deep into more, these more fucking tentacles? I want tentacles. tentacles. It's a little suction cuppy tentacles. You want to just yeah. rub up on you? In you, yeah. in your mouth holes, Section all that shit. Hentias, hentias. They also claimed <laughs> that the tentacles were involved in the Kennedy assassination. Oh, of course. But that was just one of the many coups and assassinations pulled off by the octopus since the end of World War II. The group had come together over a covert operation to invade Albania. The octopus had overthrown Jacob Arbenes in Guatemala. In 1954, it had targeted operations against Fidel Castro, culminating in the Bay of Pigs. It had also had tentacles in the political upheavals in Angolia, Rhodesia, Zimbabwe, Mozambique, Nigeria, Chile, Iran, and Iraq. Like we talked in, they had involvement with putting Ronald Reagan into power with the infamous October surprise. Uh, Membership within the octopus included John Siglab and the late CIA director, William Colby, who were the heads of the Phoenix assassination program in Vietnam. They had implemented an early version of Promise tracking software to keep tabs on the Viet Cong. Other tentacles included characters like E. Howard Hunt and Bernard Baker, who later emerged as the Watergate burglars. And all those things you just said are case files on their own. Yeah. Oh, right? 100%. Oh, this is pretty much the global cabal people talk about, right? Yeah, the, the, the literally, that's what he claimed it was. Basically, like when he was like, when we say like the elite, right, or like the they, 
he was writing an article about the they. They slash them. He was writing. He was writing an article was, about them. He's talking about the Jim right? Jemersons. He he. Look, it, it's pretty well known that these big money groups move right, like and and they they sway. They they'll sway political parties. They'll sway governments in other countries. Right. They'll they'll fund things to bankrupt other things. Like I would say that that's a pretty known thing that there's these organizations that do that, and he he's just bringing one to light that's doing this in the shadows. That's what was happening in the nineties. Fucking wild. It's, it's, he like he's he's deep into this his octopus conspiracy. The yeah, octopus hole. The oc- yeah, octopus hole. He, he's staring at the beak. <laughs> he's yeah. Oh yeah. No, he's past the beak, bud. He's past yeah. the gullet, all of it. He's in there. He's in the All inky that's spot. left is his ankles hanging out. That's yeah. like, he's been swallowed. Oh, yeah. He's deep. But like, this must have been all consuming for him. Like, can you think about like, this started out as you're like, the government fucked over a mon pa company. And then all of a sudden you're just like, oh. hey, they're using this software to spy on other countries. So and they're like, who is? And you, you start to uncover all this other shit. You're like, Oh my God, this is insane. This is like, you know, at every level of government, this is getting involved in this, in shady dealings, like criminal activity. Yeah. It's pretty wild. So even if 10% of what he was looking into was true, like he's in well, well over his head and it's perfect reason for him to be silenced as some people say. Yeah. Epstein as we now refer to this. Yeah. So let's, so let's Suicide. go to that. Because now let's circle back now to the just the day before, pretty much the last time he was seen, like his the events leading up to the night where he died. So he was last seen at a Pizza Hut when he told one of the waitresses, you know, he's like, he's a little being a little flirty. He liked her eyes and quoted the Great Gatsby. And then he went he went on and then he went on to meet Henry Turner at the Sheraton Hotel at two thirty, and that's where he gave him the don or the documents. They parted away shortly after. Then he spent the next few hours at a restaurant uh, where a bartender, this is the only time we get like a depressed, a depressed Danny. A bartender says he looked depressed, seemed lonely. Yeah, he could just be bagged. He's tired. Like, he's, he, like maybe he has rest, resting I'll depressed say this. face. Like I'm yeah, I'll that. say this and I'll, <laughs> I'll say do. this. Uh, when we saw George Knapp, I would have at the, at the, you know, lunch table at, Alien Con, and he pulled out his briefcase and was shuffling through about a thousand papers. I would have described George Knapp as stressed and depressed because he was like moaning. 100%. He was like uh, sighing, like looking at these papers. I'm going to be honest with you right now. I'm going to be a hundred percent honest right now. Dano, you're looking a little stressed yeah, and depressed. Dano, oh, what's all, what's going on? Yeah, what's going on? What's going on, man? Yeah, talk I, about it. We'll, you don't want to talk we'll about it? It's fine. Save for after. Yeah, yeah, whatever. It is what it is. Um, so, yeah, after he got his documents, he went to the bar. Uh, then he was at the cocktail la- lounge at the Sheraton at around five with some people, with a man that p- people call, describe as Iranian. Does he mean another con? Uh, what do you mean, uh, buddy? Huh? What do you mean, buddy? What are you talking about? <laughs> Muhammad! What do you mean, huh? Uh, so, I don't, there's no more details about this Iranian looking man. Was he meeting another contact that we don't know about? Not sure. It's interesting you say that because the part of the uh, the report that his housekeeper gave that she did say that he did have a meeting 
within the week before leaving for Martinsburg with a man that looked to be dark-skinned or Arab. Mm. There you go. Was was he meeting another contact for more information about the octopus? Potentially, but there's not. We know we've got ties to Iran, so... Uh, after that, he said he met a man named Mike Looney who was staying in the room next to him. Uh, they chatted for a bit at around 5.30. They met again around 8. Uh, he stated that Danny was waiting to meet another contact who was going to give him more information to solve the huge case. <laughs> See, this now, to me, though, like it's starting to paint a picture of Danny to me. Danny's got loose lips, baby. Because who the fuck Talking is this? Who is this guy? He's at the bar. He's like, Listen. I got this huge case I'm about to solve. The octopus. Yeah, he's, he's, ah. he's got fuck. He's on the wine yeah, at nine, boys. He's having a good time. Loose lips sink yeah. ships. He's having a time. Yeah, he even goes as far as to talk to talk to Mike and say, ah, the guy probably blew me off. He leaves brief, briefly for a phone call. He comes back. They keep talking around 9.30. The last time Danny was seen alive was at a convenience store around 10 p.m. buying a coffee. So he's he's gearing up for an all-nighter. That 100%. That's, when I read that, I was like, this... <sighs> hey, there, buddy, boys, there's weirdos that can fucking crush a coffee and go it to is. bed, though. I'm, I can, one of, I, I'm one I of know about I can do that, yeah. I can do that. Are you? Oh God! Listen, caffeine, all caffeine intake. I'm talking chocolate. I'm talking fucking caffeine. I'm talking everything. One milligram in your toast. 10 a.m. You see, I'm stunned. You see, I shut it down at 10 a.m. Yeah, check these ones out. I got them. Yeah, boys, immune to caffeine. Yeah, but you pack those things and go to Disney. Immune to caffeine. Yeah, except when I drink coffee. Two carry-ons right here. Like, yeah, buddy. Those aren't carry-ons. You got to check those. It's for if I am if I'm going to play a show or something late. I'll drink coffee, but to pretend it to works. Bed, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, if I had, if I had to go to bed, I could yeah. go to bed. I, I sometimes I'll use it as I'll a placebo. I'll be like, yeah, nah, coffee. nah, I'm not tired. Bang, 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 bang. Oh, one cup of coffee. Nah, and, like I don't tired. even get a big boost from it, but I can't sleep and I'm peeing every 20 minutes. Like just pee in my pants. Gotta go. It's the worst. Still drink a lot of it though. Yeah, I mean, so we've talked about a lot of controversial, controversial facts. But it even goes as far as say that, uh, according to the FBI, police were not very cooperative when the FBI started looking in. They're almost met with like complete resistance from the Martinsburg police and prosecutor's office. Yeah, because they didn't want to admit that they shit the bed so yeah, bad. Exactly. No, it, right? it, like, I don't want to talk about this. We this we fucking blew it. We dropped the, the fucking ball. Um, there is a, a serious pattern in government and law enforcement where it's if you make a mistake, it's not apologize, it's cover up. Uh, we're seeing deny. that right now. Deny, with, deny, deny. With that school, w- that school shooting, right? Where like the oh, in Texas, oh yeah, where they, like the entire law enforcement just refused to participate Ugh, with federal so investigation and shit. It's because like they, yeah, because they yeah, were scared. They and you, of course, it's scary. But you chose to wear the badge. Yeah, man. get the fuck in there. Yeah, those are children. Yeah, we won't get into case. it. But it's like that. That unfortunately is the culture of like if you make a mistake and like very quickly, just. Even us, a couple of duds from Canada reading the circumstances, you go like, well, this wasn't done properly. Like this 100% was not done properly. Right. And so, like, the FBI starts asking questions. It it 
kind of makes sense that they instantly clam up because you got to remember this is people's livelihoods, right? There's, there's people, there's probably like, you know, inspectors and chiefs and stuff that are outside of the police union or whatever that could potentially lose their jobs over something like this. So they don't like, it's their livelihood. So they're trying to, you know, minimize their involvement by being as unhelpful as possible. Yeah. I mean, it goes just police withholding information, just trying everything, everything they can to not admit that they fucked up in the investigation. I mean, even in the end, when the like the evidence of the extra towels, bloody towels came up, they're just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, uh, we didn't see him. Yeah, we missed him, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Is irrelevant to the well, case. They, they went as far they went as far as hiring this uh, this uh, expert witness who is a Dr. Henry Lee, apparently he's like, he's a crime scene expert, blood spatter expert. They hire this guy and they do a reenactment of the scene so they can try to find out, did the, get this guy to deem, like, was it a suicide or not? This professional gives a stamp of rule. Yeah, it was it was a suicide. And then a few months later, he learns about the fucking bloody towels. They didn't even give him all the information. That were hidden under the sink. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, why didn't you guys say that? Like, I put my name on this and now I'm learning about that? Like, yeah. that's yeah, fucking ridiculous. evidence from him. And, crazy, and just to get this, <clears throat> I re- I truly, I don't know. It's a tough one for me because I do not think the the like local police were involved. I just think the local police were incompetent and they were negligent, yeah, they negligent were and incompetent, lazy. lazy, lazy. Do I think they were involved? No, I just think they were just bad at the job, and they're just like, hey. Open shut clay, suicide, boom. Suicide. Die, close the box. Let's go. Same like we talked about last week with the Toronto Police Service. They had Scully and Hitchcock. They flew him down from Toronto, <laughs> right? Oh, can you look into this one? It's suicide. They're like, okay, perfect. Done. Clean need, up, boys. Cheeseburger. Yeah. And then we're going to get, we got to get to one more thing before we wrap this case up. And that is, we talked about it briefly, the conflicting reports of his briefcase, supposedly. He had a briefcase that contained all his files, his notes, documents, all pertaining to his octopus conspiracy. Uh, they interviewed like many hotel employees who had contact with Danny. They never found the briefcase in the hotel, but the front desk employee did recall Danny carrying a brown briefcase, which indicates that perhaps someone took the briefcase from his room. Perhaps the same person who staged a suicide by slashing this guy's wrists and putting him in a bathtub. Well, or or Perhaps. potentially drugging him and like there we don't know we don't know the vents, but something there was bruises happened. on him, right? So it's like we're not 100% sure, but it really points to that this was not we're 0% sure. We have there was no, no idea. idea. But I would say the evidence for me, the evidence points to that this was probably not a suicide. Just I mean, there are some things that we didn't touch on like the fact that uh, that Danny had just had his third book proposal rejected. He had a $178,000 fucking mortgage payment that was due, right? He had stuff like that. He had mounting pressure from friends and family for what he's working on. He did state that he, you know, he was he was getting ready to release his his article that Time magazine uh, about the octopus, which was not true. And then there's a possibility of the fact that he did know that he had MMS and he, you know, got lost within this case. And potentially realize that maybe this was going nowhere, and he was chasing 
dead ends and got sucked in the deep dark hole of depression. Well, dragons. Do I think that's what happened? Well, let's nope. let's, ex- let's expand on that just a little bit. Like, so let's say that you know that person that saw him that was depressed. Maybe the info information that he had just received from Turner uh, didn't bear the fruits that he thought. So it's like his story is going nowhere. But there's still a story. There's still a story, and like, and and you know, to be fair, the Inslaw case and this kind of stuff is fact. The, the Inslaw scandal is real. You can look it up. That it is well documented, and this he would have real broken this case. So there is same with the yeah. October surprise. That is now considered so a fact. So there's enough of that. But like, let's say that maybe, maybe this is kind of where my brain thought because I I was trying to like when I. These these specific cases, I always am like, he did the murder or he did this. That's kind of where my brain always goes. So I try to think through that process. I don't know why. I yeah, I, me too. Guilty. I'm like, guilty, time, I'm did like, it. Yeah, uh, so yeah. I was trying to figure out, okay, well, maybe why. So then I thought, maybe he got to a point in this investigation where he went, I can't, I know this is real, but I can't prove it. I can no longer, with my means, with what's happened now, I can no longer prove it. I've gone as far as I can with my investigative journalist. So he destroys his briefcase. He destroys his notes. And he sets up his suicide to look as suspicious as possible so that someone else might look in. And this might be a catalyst to find out this other information. Why destroy your briefcase, though, in that sense? Because you want people to be the... I'm just... This is... I'm going off leave, of he did leave some treasure. Leave a treasure trail to your briefcase in a different location that sets up a someone Absolutely. exactly. I'm, I was just or, trying to give a nugget of or, potentially why he could have done it, but it doesn't make sense. It doesn't or make sense. kill yourself, but make it look or make it look like obviously suspicious, right? Yeah. It just right, like make it look obviously suspicious. Have your documents there, so like holy fuck, this guy was onto something, and he was obviously I, fucking too, murdered. What I'm saying is, there's too many humps to get over to for me to be like. Yeah, he obviously killed himself. There's too many humps that just don't add up. The fact that we've never yeah, found any of his documents, any of his research that he'd been recent, like, and by all means, he was one of those people that just becomes like tunnel vision, just, just part of his work. I'm locking myself infatuated away. Infatuated with yeah. this story. And that's all he thought about. Not a note. What if he got, what if somebody took it? Like, what if he got silenced and then he was like, I've got nothing now? Maybe. And someone oh. stole it. Someone stole the. Right? Somebody came out to him, came took up, all his shit, was like, you're point. fucking done. Like, hey, I need the briefcase. Yeah. I know what you've been into. He took it. And but you would still, you would still like, but, you would still yeah. have a mental, like, you know what I mean? I think if you lost or, everything, you still piece it, piece a lot of it together back. Let's go, let's go back. Let's go back to the fucking suicide. I was just going to say that. At the end, because appa- apparently he's a devout Catholic and he took his own life. And it says, he says, I know God will let me in. Maybe he was forced to commit suicide. He had a 22-year-old son who lived in Colorado. Maybe if they're like, listen, Danny, here's this all. We have all this information on your son. We're coming to fucking kill your kid. Unless you do this now. And that was, maybe that was a coded way of saying that. Because obviously if you commit suicide, you cannot be, he was forced to kill himself. Gained access to Suicide is instant route to And he hits an artery. He hits an artery. The guy takes a little bit of fucking spray. Grab some towels, wipes the blood off, toss them underneath the sink in this otherwise perfectly fucking clean. Grab some briefcase, off. off he goes. 
Right. And that's why he says like, right? I know I'll gain it. Well, God will let me in or something, whatever. God will let me in. Let me in. Because, because he was, he was he's like, this isn't suicide. a real suicide. I'm being, uh, this is a murder, which would make sense. Because he's it's, pointing. It's him. also the same thing because this is another thing for uh, the Catholic religion. Uh, self-sacrifice is an instant guarantee to heaven. So uh, if his son was threatened to die and he had to kill himself to save him, it's just like uh, in the Marvel in the in the Marvel movie Constantine when he kills himself, yeah, save the other, and then God and then the devil can't take him. Uh, Constantine's DC. Well, you know what I mean. You know, so, you know, you know, on, my, you, gotta you, know my, you gotta be better than that. Shit, all. Comics. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he tried. Hey, give give uh, me a plus for effort. Good, yeah. good solid try. Right. The fact yeah. that he knew about I like the movie. Now, the, I like the movie. The other yeah, fascinating fact is that Danny is like wallet, personal effects found in the room, you know, notes about the case. None of that has ever been released to the family, at, even at the request, right? Like none of his personal stuff has ever been released to the family. Anything recovered? Yeah, which is to me, I'm like, what? Why not just release that stuff? Why aren't you release like release his wallet? Why? What do you need the wallet for? Yeah, and there was there was also stuff that I couldn't really substantiate about some FBI agents being told to not look any farther and or else their careers would be ruined. Like they 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 did wow. not, you know, as goes the message boards and internet lore. Looking some some of them questioned the suicide of them, and they're like, oh, well, let's look into this, and then they were told. Don't look any farther. That's it. Apparently, like one of the other things is that like the, is it the DOJ that says that 90% of his files missing now at this point? Something like that. Yeah. What? Come on. Department of justice says that a lot of his file is is gone. Is missing. Right. Not redacted. Gone. Boys. It's fucking, it's so shit. Octopus is a real baby. Infiltrate 100%. I'm telling of you guys, it's nothing more dangerous than an octopus. They got their tentacles everywhere. So I think Danny was, I mean, it's hard to make a full conclusion, but it seems like there's much more than just the guy was down on his luck. His story wasn't going where he wanted to. He had a mortgage payment and he took, took his own life. There seems, there's mm-hmm. just too much, there's too much to it. I, I, Dan, what do you think? All right. Well, hey, well, okay. it's okay. Well, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, yeah, I think fair. personally, it's like this story coming out then before all this stuff, what we know now, the implications, even now, like even now, someone was murdered right, on American soil that was trying to break a case about American people. You know what I mean? Like uh, it, the political implications, right? The huge scandal. Judiciary. Judiciary. You got right high, high level people, you know, uh, spying on foreign countries. Like this is big. This is this is a big Just fucking the software alone. It's a big huge. fucking scandal. It's right? huge. And then you tie it into all this other stuff. And this, if if honestly, if even ten percent, like we said earlier, if even if at the time ten percent of this was true, which we can substantiate quite a bit of it was true whether it, it was connected or not we don't know um he was in trouble like he was by all accounts he was running his mouth right he was he was telling anyone t- 
telling everyone to meet in contacts. Like, obviously, to get into this world and get the information he was getting, he was having to make shady contacts. And who's to say that one of these people wasn't connected enough to be like, someone's asking questions. People were calling his house and making threats. Yeah. Breathing on the phone. Like, if, if it's just suicide, who's calling his phone and doing that? Nah. Yeah. There's more to it. Uh, I mean, obviously the case is still ruled a suicide and it probably will never be overturned, but the events of the case lead to mass speculation and podcasts, documentaries, investigations about it. There's internet sleuths are always slinking around, poking their noses in. All right, sleuths, let us know what you think. All right, what do you think? Hashtag look it up, listen to this case. Is this a suicide or is there something more nefarious at work? You, you can find us on all our socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, when you start seeing the posts, you know, start letting us know your thoughts. We want to hear them. Leave a comment. Let us know. All right. Let's move on to Theorite of the Week. Woo! This week's Theorite of the Week is none other than Joseph Knott. He sent Beauty. us individual gifts, which I haven't opened yet. Josie Claus. I have Andrews at my house. I've sent Braden his. Uh, Braden also sent you your uh, your ATT neon sign. Nice. Should be should be soon. So we'll open them all together. But you sent us personalized gifts. So what you're he's saying is he's not on the oh, naughty awesome. list. Personalized anthrax for all of us. <laughs> you get your perfect <laughs> blend to your genetic code. Instant death. Instantly. Yes. Instant death. Uh, but he's also been an absolute legend on the Facebook group Meme King. Junior, I would call him. He's been oh, yeah. fucking working hard this year. Prince of memes. Prince of memes. Hell yeah. Joseph Knott, you were this week's Theory of the Week. Well-deserved. I believe that's a two-time. Ooh. At least. If not oh, three. Damn. I don't even oh, know. No. Oh, if at least. If not if oh, three-time. Oh. Uh-oh. Absolute legend. Heating Puts up. him in the running. He's Heating putting in the running up. for a... He's a usurper. He's yeah, the, the usurper. Kingslayer. He might, he might we'll be see. the Kingslayer. We'll see, though. Yeah, yeah. you got to keep it going. The year's not over. Years not over. Goddamn. All right. And we tell you every fucking case file. If you're not supporting the show, you got to go to aliantheorist.com. You got to hit the support link to get early access, ad free, extended after hours, all the bonus stuff. What are you waiting for? You've listened to all these episodes. What are we on? Like 200 and. Well, it's 259 case files, but I think we're well over 300 episodes. Oh, <laughs> easy. You count all, all oh. the shit in there. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, this week's newest supporters, we got Brick. Just Josh. Just Brick. Just Brick. Just Brick. Just bro, Brick. Good old Brick. Brick Tamlin. Josh Wages. Ruzio Pieces. And NZ Skunky Buds. Cody from Manitoba. <laughs> <laughs> NZ Skunky Buds. Cody, Cody from Manitoba's back. Wyatt Halliday. Nice. Mason Eubanks Brady Morris and Gladio better be good I think someone joined oh. just for operating Gladio <laughs> yeah. yeah I saw that guy's post yeah, on Facebook part. it's a three part it is good it's a three parter me and Dan it. do a deep dive three hours yeah. of Operation Gladio and it's worth every minute of it the tip the spear and balls deep or something uh, it's the tip yeah yeah that the is shaft. The, the tip the shaft and balls deep or yeah Thank you very much for supporting the show. Uh, and hey, listen, if you don't have any merch yet, it's Christmas time. <laughs> Now's the time. Listen, don't wait any longer. 
Go to our store, aliantheorist.com, hit merch, buy yourself a sweatsuit, buy your loved one a sweatsuit, buy some hats, buy some sweaters. And want a pickle baby, we got pickle baby, we got pickle baby shirt, pickle baby sweater. It's all ready. You say it then, you fucking. <laughs> uh, hey, I made a great, I made a great t-shirt ad. All right? It's not my fault you didn't utilize it. What? Possibly. What was your ad? I made a good t-shirt. You don't remember? Starring Axel and Niall. Oh, that is good. Yes, so head to our store, get it. Anyways, the theme song's running out. As we say at the end of these things, keep those eyes on the skies. Mm -hmm.